This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse, along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Packed show lined up for you today. In the second half of our show, we will have a final look back at the 2023 season. We've been taking a look at some of the exciting, great games of the season gone by, and we will complete that look in this, our final show before our holiday break, with a look back at an unexpectedly entertaining ball game in early August against the Chicago White Sox. Spoiler alert, Jose Ramirez and Tim Anderson will be featured prominently. And then also, we'll take a look back at Terry Francona's final home game as Cleveland Guardians manager this past September. So a lot to get to in the second half of our show. But when we return after this short break, we'll hear from Zach Meisel, the Guardians beat reporter for The Athletic. He was at the winter baseball meetings in Nashville, Tennessee earlier this week, and he'll bring us up to date on all the news from Nashville, including the Guardians, surprisingly so, winning the draft lottery so they will pick first in next year's amateur draft. So a lot to hear from from Zach, and that's coming your way shortly after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Don't go away, folks. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. Two seconds left on the clock, third field goal range, and it looks like he's going to go with a five iron. No, wait. The quarterback is skating back on the ice. He's talking with his caddy. They're pulling the goalie. He skates off the fairway as the kicker lies off his putt. It's a breakaway. They bundled their home and auto insurance with Progressive. Touchdown savings, birdie goal. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Zach Meisel joining us from The Athletic, just back from Nashville and the baseball winter meetings. And Zach, uh, I think compared to past years in terms of blockbuster news, very quiet winter meetings, but but some things happening for the Guardians. So I, I don't know, from your standpoint, uh, an interesting week? Yeah, it, it's you never know what's going to happen, and yet things happen that no one expected for Cleveland. So you win the draft lottery when you had a 2% chance of doing so. I think they took a, a kid in the Rule 5 draft they really like. So they actually have had a recent history of being pretty active in, in making trades or, or they signed Josh Bell during the winter meetings last season. So things tend to happen. Uh, these are new developments that maybe nobody really expected. So uh, it's always busy one way or another. And you're at one of the biggest hotels in America. So I would imagine uh, if you keep track of your steps, which a lot of people do these days, you, you might have broken some records, huh? Yeah, not very many steps outdoors, but uh, I think it's like four million square feet, the Gaylord Opryland Resort and Convention Center with more ballrooms than you can imagine and paths that wind left and right and, and you can get lost pretty easy. But hey, sometimes you get lost and you stumble into uh, someone who can give you some some little tidbits of uh, trade or free agent gossip. So uh, it's it's quite the labyrinth of a building and it's honestly it's it's maybe the perfect setting for an event like this. The draft lottery. NBA, I think, rules the roost in terms of draft lottery and, and the exposure it gets. It seems like MLB is trying to get there, maybe. But um, the Guardians, they don't make the playoffs, but certainly not the worst team in baseball, yet they will have the first pick in next June's amateur draft. Tell us about just the the event that, that this year's draft lottery became, especially for fans here in Cleveland. So, right, the, the Guardians had the ninth best chances of landing the top pick. So they weren't thinking about that whatsoever. You know, they've been, you start your scouting process about 30 seconds after each year's draft, looking ahead to the next year's draft, but they weren't sitting there thinking, well, we'll have whoever we want to take. We'll be able to take. That's not how they were thinking about this. Certainly. And so what happens is, they have the broadcast on MLB Network, and a few hours before that, they actually do the drawing. And it's exactly how you think, where they're they're putting ping pong balls into a hopper. You got air propelling them all over the place, and then they pull a few out of a tube. Those numbers create a combination that corresponds with a team. It's extremely confusing, um, but what they do is each team is allowed to send a representative to be in this secret room when this is happening, just to make sure everything's going the way it should um, and to see how it works. You know, the guardians are sitting there with 2% odds of getting the first pick. They sent their new scouting director, Ethan Purser, who had been on the job only a few days and it was just to watch how it happens and nothing more. Now, the thing is go watch this happen Campering your cell phone, campering your Apple Watch, campering any method of communicating with the outside world because 
they need some time from the time that they do the drawing until the the broadcast reveals publicly who has which pick. You got to sit in a room and just keep to yourself. So this was about 2.30 on Tuesday, um, Central Time. Ethan Purser goes in this room. By about 2.45, he knew. The Guardian said the first pick. He couldn't believe it. That's, you know, this is the best news this organization has heard in a while. And I'm sure he wanted to, to go to the top balcony in, in the resort and just shout it from the rooftops. And he couldn't tell anybody. He had to sit in this room. There's about 15 people in the room. And he had to sit on that secret for two and a half hours because the broadcast needs time to set up graphics and the envelopes that country music star Brad Paisley would open on stage. And they had to get John McDonald and all the other um, on stage representatives in their seats. And so there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And meanwhile, the Guardians had the first round pick, but only one person knew it. That person couldn't tell anybody. Um, and the crazy part, too, is it was actually the Washington Nationals who got the first pick. But because of the way the lottery works, and it's a somewhat confusing system, it's, it's I think the NBA is a little simpler, but with revenue sharing and, and where the Nationals are on that scale and the fact that they were a lottery team last year, they were ineligible. So the Guardians, another stroke of luck there to end up with the first pick. Um, at about 4.57 p.m. Central, they, they released Ethan Purser from the room. He had been playing cards and board games for a couple hours. Um, and then he's able to, to rush out of the room, go grab his cell phone. He had 50-some missed text messages, a bunch of missed calls, and then go celebrate with the front office, who certainly wasn't planning a, a 5 p.m. celebration, but uh, I think they, they were more than happy to. Zach Meisel joining us just back from Nashville in the baseball winter meetings. He writes for The Athletic. Other news for for the Guardians in the Rule 5 draft. They were a participant, and they pick up a young man from the Arizona Diamondbacks who was very highly regarded there, Davison De Los Santos. Where does he fit, Zach? He has to stay on the roster to keep him. Is there a fit, you think? Well, there's, there's always a fit for someone who can hit for as much power as he can. Um, a really strong kid. But that last word is important, too. He's going to spend the first half of next season as a 20-year-old. And this team is already young. That's really young, and he's never played above double-A. So I, I, I'm curious, too. I mean, there, there's he, he's not a strong defender, but what he can give you with the bat, um, understanding that there's probably some fine-tuning to do, some growing pains to go through, some polish that's needed. You know, there's a lot of potential in there with someone who's who's got the, the just the power ability that he has. And can he tap into it consistently? Um, so the Rule 5 makes things tricky. Um, he has to stay on the big league roster. You know, if he's injured, you know, that we've seen that, you know, the, the Guardians lost Anthony Santander in the Rule 5 years back. And the Orioles, he was injured. The Orioles stowed him on the injured list all year, and then he eventually blossomed into a really good outfielder. With De Los Santos, I mean, it, it's it's tough. I don't know if he fits at first base, DH. Obviously, they have some some players, some young players there too. But maybe you bring him along slowly, make him a part-time guy, let him, let him platoon or something. But I think they just felt like the bat had too much potential 
not to take this sort of risk and, and just hope that they can figure it out. And just because if he stays on the, the major league roster this year, it doesn't mean he can't go down to AAA at some point if he does need that fine tuning in the future. When you look at, at Stephen Vogt and, uh, and the new staff, those that were there, did you get to spend much time and, and get a feel for, for how things are going for him very, very early on in, in his career as manager here? You know, it's funny. It's, it's first of all, you have 30 managers under one roof. And it seems like every single one is either someone Stephen Vogt played for or someone he played with. It's, it's unbelievable. And I guess that's what happens when you bounce around the major leagues, you play for a long time, and you're a manager who just retired from baseball 14 months ago. So, yeah, it, it's sometimes you get tired of like saying this, but no one has a bad thing to say about the guy. And it's it is true. I mean, I feel like we, we overuse that sort of that phrase but um it's it's remarkable i mean everybody loves him you he can't walk down a hallway for more than a minute without someone coming and giving him a bear hug or shaking his hand or 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 catching up with him so it's i think he's really excited about the staff in place i think there's a nice blend of different perspectives i mean he he can't stop raving about carl willis who we obviously have known a long time but but talking about the youth and the energy of Craig Albernaz, his new bench coach, or Kai Correa, the new field coordinator, and how those guys, it's, it's not just being young and being having fresh perspectives, but guys that he's known who he knows can challenge him on decisions he makes, ideas he has. I think that's important for a staff, too. Um, the one other thing with him is I, I think it's, it's helpful in some ways that he has played so recently. He was saying he's reached out to pretty much every player on the roster. And it's been interesting learning about the responses the players have had. He said, and some guys say, yeah, call me anytime. Like, let's catch up. Let's talk for an hour. And some guys are like, cool. Great to hear from you. Like, we'll be in touch. And then other people are just responding. All right. See you in February. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, that's everybody's different and has a different personality, but he was even saying, you know, it's, I'm not, certainly not offended by that because when I was a player, the last thing I wanted to do in November and December was have long chats with my manager. I'm just trying to, to escape and, and clear my head. So I think he's got a good view and good good outlook on what players need and what they're thinking because he played so recently. And roster-wise, uh, the two names that, that you heard a little bit about that might be available, Shane Bieber, Emmanuel Classe. Um, what was the buzz down there? Maybe more so from other teams than than the Guardians about those two. Yeah, I think especially with with Bieber, you know, there's like a an order of operations here because a lot of every team has different ways of procuring the player that fits their roster, right? So. Some teams say, well, we're going to go the free agent route first because we have money to spend, and if that doesn't work, then we'll look at the trade market and we'll acquire who's available. And I think other teams maybe don't want to pay $25, $30 million per season for a free agent, and so they're going the trade route. So that's what I think leads to a lot of this unfolding at such a deliberate pace during the offseason is the market has to set itself and you have to go in order of, of who's available. And um, 
so I think I think with with Bieber, there's certainly interest from teams, and it's some teams that would prefer to sign a free agent. It's other teams who are waiting for other dominoes to fall. But certainly, someone of his caliber, there's going to be interest. It's just doesn't move the needle for the Guardians. Does it make them a better team in 2024 or beyond? If it's prospects that they settle on with Class A, I think it's more they know they have certain holes on the roster. They need to upgrade the outfield, which combined for 18 home runs last season. They know they they need they have some holes in the lineup, and I don't think they're going to go the free agent route to to fill them. So you're just you know you're, you're I've compared it to a game of whack a mole. You're trying to to hit one of the moles before another one springs up, but um, inevitably the game never ends, and there are moles popping up all over the place. So. You have to decide, it, are you blown away by an offer for your closer? And is it convincing enough to move him, knowing that then you're going to have a hole in your bullpen that you're going to have to fill? Or, or you know, it, it depends on the deals that you get. I don't think they're out there calling every team, um, begging them to take their all-star closer. But you have to consider things. And this is a front office that will listen to a phone call from pretty much every front office across the league at any time. So... Um, I think that's how you wind up with, with someone of Class A's ability um, maybe being discussed a little bit. All right, we'll finish with this two-part question. Can you reveal if indeed you did have a meeting with Shohei Otani? And if not, were you allowed to – obviously you're home, but but did it take an effort to be allowed to leave before he made his decision on which team he's going to play for at the winter meetings? I can't decide if – I think it's more fascinating to have this spectacle shrouded in secrecy or or if it's better to just let it play out the natural way where you get all sorts of rumors flying all over the place. I think I like the secret. I think I like the fact that teams are hesitant to even reveal who met with who and where they met and where they're doing a Zoom call from. And um, I did not meet with Shohei Otani. I don't have... $600 million in my bank account, yes. <laughs> and if I did, I think I would spend it in other ways. Uh, what a thing for him, huh? <laughs> Quite an off-season. <laughs> well, Zach, listen, welcome home. Good to have you back in town, and um, thanks so much for the update on the winter meetings in Nashville. You got it, Rosie. That's Zach Meisel from The Athletic. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come after this. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the renovation work continues throughout the offseason. Major changes to the ballpark, which will be completed in two years, but certainly a lot of crane activity and activity in the upper decks, both in right field and left field taking place as we record this week's show, our final show of 2023. And just a reminder, we will be dark now until January the 6th. So certainly happy holiday wishes going out and a happy new year to everyone. And thanks as always for tuning in. So we leave you in the second half of our show this week with our final games of the year that we look back on exciting ball games and none more exciting even though it was a guardians defeat to the chicago white Sox than the game on saturday august the 5th and i'm sure many of you are starting to put it together now with white Sox in town august great game and maybe really it was just a great 10 minutes of action unexpectedly so that did not really involve baseball. We'll get to that in just a bit. But uh, first to set the scene, the White Sox struggling mightily with their season, well off the pace and out of playoff contention. The Guardians still trying to hang in there. They were only two games under the 500 mark at this point at 54 and 56. It was game two of a three-game series at Progressive Field. The Guardians won the opener the previous night 4-2. to two. And the pitchers in this one, Michael Kopech for the White Sox and newly acquired Noah Syndergaard, making his second start for Cleveland since joining the ball club. Syndergaard was trying to help out the young rotation in the final couple of months of the season, and he got a big lift from his defense early on to keep the Sox off the board in the first inning. The set, the pitch, and it's swing and grounded to third. Ramirez to second one. Jimenez turns the double play. Bases loaded. Nobody out. White Sox not able to score. And after a half inning, Noah Syndergaard continues to walk on thin ice. But it hasn't broken yet. But then the White Sox power bats came to life as over the next five innings, they hit three solo home runs. Luis Robert, Andrew Vaughn, and Oscar Colas all going deep. And a two-run blast from Elvis Andrews. And all of a sudden, it was 5-0 White Sox heading to the bottom of the sixth inning. But the fans on hand, they had no idea what was coming next. As the Guardians were looking to cut into the lead, they got things started with a double from Andres Jimenez. And then Jose Ramirez stepped in for what became a memorable at-bat that ignited the fireworks. Hosey again awaits the 2-2 pitch from Kopech. Here it comes. A swing and a smash to first by the diving Vaughn. Down the right field line. Kicks into the corner. Ramirez on his way to second. Head first slide. Safe and in to score is Jimenez. And another hustle double. Right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and... Anderson square off, they're fighting, they're swinging, down goes Anderson, down goes Anderson. Ramirez went in with a head first slide. Hosey never gets upset about anything. They came up chewing, Anderson squared off, Hosey decked him. It's a five to one Chicago lead, but everybody from the dugouts and the bullpens congregated around second base. You never see Jose Ramirez get upset like that. And Tim Anderson was on the wrong side of that punch. 
And we'll see how this is all sorted out. Hosey went in with a head first slide, and it was a bang bang play at second. Not sure what was said that prompted it, but Hosey popped up immediately. He said something. The next thing you know, Anderson squared off, and Jose Ramirez decked him. And now Anderson's being dragged to the first base dugout. Now, Tim Anderson doesn't want any advice right now, but the advice would be don't mess with Jose Ramirez. You've already learned once the hard way. Everybody else, for the most part, is just kind of standing around. Well, the fans that came for Rock and Blast, and now here we go again. It's at the mound, and the manager, Tito Francona and Pedro Grafal, pointing fingers at each other and being separated. And everybody now goes to the pitcher's mound. So this escalated after it de escalated, and now the two managers. Are now we got another scrum at the first base foul line, and here comes another blast. Gonzalez trying to get in it, and we have got scrums all over the field, breaking up in different areas around the first base foul line. And this is one of the few times you're truly seeing a baseball brawl. Normally, it's a lot of shouting, a lot of pointing fingers. But this one had numerous skirmishes that have been broken up and then restarted. And when Tito and Grafal got after it, that's when it started up around the pitcher's mound, then moved to the first base foul line. And Anderson's back out of the dugout, and he is nearly being tackled by his teammates. He's being carried off the field by Andrew Vaughn. And this thing is going to take a little while now to get sorted out. There were so many skirmishes that broke out, and now injured in all of this was Aloy Jimenez, who's had a history of not being able to stay healthy, and something happened to Jimenez with a leg or a foot that he had to hobble off the field. Meanwhile, Jose Ramirez has going back out to second base and we have got more pushing and shoving now Emmanuel Classe is being dragged out of there by his teammates it's Josh Naylor dragging Classe out of there with an oblique injury and we have not seen anything remotely like this with the escalation that took place numerous times and the guys that are going to have to sort this all out, the four umpires have got their work cut out for them. Several ejections on both sides followed, including Ramirez. So Jose Tena came on to run for him, and Cole Calhoun delivered to pull the Guardians a little bit closer. Now the pitch. Calhoun with a bullet to right. There's his first Cleveland base hit. Tana will score. Gonzalez motors to third. Throw comes all the way to home plate. Backed up by the catcher, Grandall. And it's a 5-2 ball game. And Cole Calhoun gets into the spirit, ripping another base hit to right. All four hits have been shots to right field. And Calhoun with his first RBI and first base hit in the major leagues in 2023. 
But the White Sox pulled away with two runs in the top half of the eighth inning. Guardians scored two in their half of the eighth to make it 7-4, to four, but that would be the final score. The following day, Tom Hamilton talked with Terry Francona about the wild game. Just a, another routine night last night, Tito. That was incredible. Just another ho-hum night at the ballpark, huh? Yeah, that was. Uh, that's not what you expect when you show up at the ballpark. And that's the first time in 11 years since I've been here that, you know, something's kind of got out of hand like that. And, again, you know, you, you, you hope, one, that nobody ever gets hurt because that, that's the biggest thing, I think, because people are going to say things, do things that when you're – got emotions going you just hope everybody comes out of it you know where, where it doesn't get in the way of future games so while it was a guardians loss on august the 5th certainly a memorable night will always go down as the night jose ramirez dropped tim anderson with one punch down goes anderson and that, that was something else great call by Hammy that uh, he certainly gained some notoriety for and we jump ahead to the final week of the season and the final home game of 2023 for both the guardians and manager terry francona tito retiring after 11 seasons at the helm for the the Guardians prior to that the Indians and before the game we had a chance to talk with owner Paul Dolan as he reflected on Tito's time as Cleveland manager you couldn't have scripted you know the the Terry Francona um, a tenure with the Cleveland Indians now Guardians any better than what it was and and, and you know part of that script was that he was playing where his dad played and and there are pictures of Tito as a kid in the dugout all over our organization. It really, really has meant uh, so much to our organization uh, and, and to our community. And Tito's last home game came on Wednesday, September the 27th. The Reds in town at 81 and 77. The Guardians out of playoff contention at 74 and 84. Andrew Abbott against Shane Bieber. That was the pitching matchup. Bieber making just his second start after returning from a long stint on the injured list that began in early July. And we pick things up in a scoreless game, second inning. The Guardians looking to get the scoring started with Ramon Laureano leading things off with a double. He stole third, and that brought Tyler Freeman to the plate. Down to 3-1. A swing and a shot up the middle. Base hit. Ricochets off the bag at second. Caroms into center field, and the Guardians take a 1-0 lead. On Tyler Freeman's RBI single to center, scoring Ramon Laureano, Freeman's 14th RBI. Next up, another of the Guardians' young infielders, Brian Rocchio. Now the 1-0. Hit on a line toward the right center base hit. Freeman hits third. He's being waved home. Here's Friedel's throw to the plate. Cut off at the mound. And then the throw by Encarnacion Strand to Dela Cruz at second, and they tag out Rocchio. No idea why Rocchio was going to second there. That's just over-aggressiveness. But give the kid an RBI single to put Cleveland on top two to nothing. As Rocchio, just up from Columbus, has his sixth RBI on the single to right center. Cleveland was looking for more in the bottom of the third with Stephen Kwan in scoring position at second base and Josh Naylor at the plate. A swing and a long drive to right. This ball is off the wall. In to score is Quan Naylor holds with a long single as he nearly knocked down the wall in right. And Cleveland leads three to nothing. Josh Naylor's 97th RBI as he hit a two iron that just didn't get high enough to get out of here. 
but he has knocked Andrew Abbott out of this game. In the fourth, they had another runner in scoring position and yet another youngster coming through in Jose Tena. Here's the 0-1. Swung on, there's a chopper near the middle and under the glove of India. Out it goes into the outfield. Scoring on the play is Rocchio. On to third goes Straw, and it's an RBI single for Jose Tena. Just past the second baseman, Jonathan India, and the Guardians now lead it 4-0. For Tena, that's his third run batted in in the big leagues, and he's now two for two on the night. The Reds scratched out a run in the sixth to make it 4-1, to one, but Bieber was still out there for the Guardians, and he looked sharp heading into the offseason. Bieber's ready. Now the 0-2. Strike three, called! He was guessing breaking ball, locked him up with a fastball. Encarnacion is Bieber's seventh strikeout victim. The Reds, still battling for a playoff spot, got back in it with two runs in the eighth inning to make it a one-run ball game. So in the ninth, it was up to Emmanuel Classe trying to nail down his career-high 43rd save. The pitch down in the dirt, ball one. Fans on their feet chanting Tito. Mm. You know how badly this Cleveland club wants to win it for Tito. And 29,000 on their feet want it just as badly. The pitch. Swing a little tapper. Right side trickling down the line. Fair ball. Naylor grabs it. Steps on the bag. Ball game. Dela Cruz never left home plate. David Bell coming out to argue was that a foul ball off the foot. Cleveland will celebrate as the game ends in a weird fashion. And Emmanuel Classe will get his 43rd save, a new career high, and Cleveland hangs on to win 4-3. David Bell is pleading his case with the entire umpiring crew as the fans are on their feet chanting, Tito, Tito. So the ball game ends, and the Reds, frustrated, will head to the clubhouse. Final tonight. Cleveland four, Cincinnati three. What a way for Tito to wrap up his managerial career at Progressive Field. And after the game, he talked about how special the night was for him. I guess what I'm just trying to convey is the 11 years here are what is the best part. It's not like the last day. It's everything that I lived through here with the people that I was with. And that's what, that's what I care about. I mean, I know I'm not the smartest person in the room by far, but I was smart enough to pick a place where I believed in the people, and that only grew. And I think anybody that's ever spent 10 minutes with me knows how much I like it here. It's so close to kind of how I, where I grew up and two hours away, and it, it, it was a good decision. It just seems like it got better. You kind of said, well, what would you, your last message be to the fans now? Um, I think tonight it would just be thank you. Um, I have tried to do my best all the time. Sometimes it's been better than others, but I appreciate my my time here very much. I hope that they support these guys moving forward because there's a lot to like. We didn't get things accomplished this year like we wanted. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Well, very much a special night for Terry Francona wrapping up 
the home portion of his Cleveland managerial career. 11 memorable seasons with Tito at the helm of this ball club. He will be missed greatly, but the contributions he made to this organization over his 11 seasons may not ever be matched as he will step down as the winningest manager in Cleveland Indians and Guardians history. Stay tuned. We'll have some final thoughts after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Folks, this puppy isn't over. At Progressive, we love sports and saving you money, so we bundled them together. It's 40 love here in the third set. And there's the bell. She's coming off the bench hot, looking for a quick knockdown. But wait, she's driving to the hoop. Oh, down goes the champ. Now that's another double fault. She'll be shooting too. The serve is up. And here comes the left hook. She's bundled her home and auto insurance with Progressive. Swish, ace, savings, TKO. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. It is our final show of the 2023 calendar year. We'll take a hiatus for the Christmas holiday and New Year's as well. Our next show, January the 6th. We look forward to chatting with you then and uh, things will start to happen pretty quickly we may have some news on on player moves and such coming out of the winter meetings and things that happen over the holidays guards fest is coming your way on january the 20th a saturday afternoon and morning if you're a season ticket holder and if you want more information and the opportunity to purchase tickets for that great event which will feature most of the new coaching staff including new manager steven Vogt and a lot of the current roster as well. They'll be on hand. Always a great time, highlighted by that uh, tremendous field in the middle of the Huntington Convention Center and uh, all kinds of opportunities to meet and greet and bump into some of your favorite Cleveland Guardians. That's all part of Guards Fest coming your way on January the 20th. Just go to cleguardians.com for information and tickets, and then it won't be long after that. Spring training begins in mid-February, and uh, we'll have spring training broadcasts coming your way, too, starting at the end of February. So a lot of baseball to look forward to, but enjoy the holiday season and the new year. As always, thanks to Brian Matze, my good friend, for helping to put together our show each and every week. Matze, you have a good holiday as well, and uh, we will talk to him after the break as well as everyone else out there who tunes in each week 
to Guardians Weekly. This is Jim Rosenhouse. Have a great holiday, everyone. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.